today on Locked On SoCal Hockey. Backstreets back. I mean, Sarah Avapado is back. All right. On today's Locked On SoCal Hockey, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Bienvenidos. Me llamo Jason J.D. Hernandez. Uh, y um, se llamo Sarah Avampado. Uh, ¿Cómo está, Sarah? Ah, uh, bien, merci. ¿Y tú? <laughs> ah, très bien, mademoiselle. Um, tu parles français, I, I guess. <laughs> Un peu. <laughs> you threw me off there. That's because all of the Spanish I knew just went completely out of my brain. Ah, I gotcha. Well, as you folks may or may not notice, uh, Sarah is back once again for the billionth time this past few days because our lousy teams played each other a bunch of times last week we'll get to that first reminder you could hear this podcast on apple podcast apparently google podcast spotify stitcher and the new odyssey app which is spelled a-u-d-a-c-y and this shoe is brought to you by built bar which is just an amazing amazing protein bar use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order of built bar yeah. All right. So we have a bit to talk about. We had a couple of games over the weekend. Uh, Sarah, one of those was fun for you and one of those not so fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. The fun one was real fun. Everything else I'd prefer to forget about. Oh, really? You, come, Mostly, yeah. <laughs> come on. Even the Kings players kind of applauded at the end of Saturday night. I mean, that that was good, but... I, it, I'm so frustrated with this team. <laughs> yeah, I know last time we talked, I kind of gave your team a path to the playoffs. Uh, that path has pretty much been evaporated because one team did not do their job at all. <laughs> the Kings kind of did their job somewhat. And then, well, Wednesday's game was kind of a wash. That one didn't work. Friday, I expected the Kings to win no matter what. And then, I don't know. Saturday oh, Saturday was a special game. We'll get to that. So, Friday night. Kings looked good for the most part. The Ducks kind of blew that one. I mean, the Ducks had a lead early on, if you want to talk about that game for a hot minute, because, yeah, it, it looked like the Kings did nothing for about the first half of that game. I mean, they did nothing for about all of it, except for <laughs> the last, like, minute, really. Oh, that's painful if you're a Ducks fan, but if you're a fan of Team Tank. Hooray! Uh, four games, folks. Four games left for the Ducks. How many for you, sir? I think six games left. Six? Seven? Something something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the Ducks, for what it's worth, they did outplay the Kings most of the game. Uh, the first period was all about Hayden Fleury's first goal as a Duck. But more so, it was about Trevor freaking Zegras. That kid was at it again throwing dimes left and right. Sorry, not basketball. Throwing apples left and right. His seventh assist of the season, Hayden Fleury's first as a duck, won nothing early on, but that was about Zegers' nifty pass. Uh, not really like a highlight pass, but that was just a good, effective, kind of almost a sauce pass, just right on the tape. Um, this one was kind of sauced behind him because something that i criticized trevor zegris about a lot he seems to have improved you know what that is sarah uh would it be face-offs <gasps> it would be face-offs hooray yeah he won he won that one clean 
um, the puck kind of just went up above the air for about a split second, so it looked like a saucer back pass. But just clean face off one right to Hayden Flurry, and that was a thing of beauty. That was gorgeous. And just as an aside, Trevor Zegers' face offs were really good on this game. I think he was like 62% face offs on that game. What an improvement! Oh my goodness. Yeah, sorry, 60% face offs. So that improved. And then the third period happened, if you remember what happened in that third period, Sarah. I mean, if we want to talk about nifty passes, uh, let's talk about Gabe Velarde. Do we have to? Yes, we do. I let you talk about Trevor Zegras. So Okay, you you may <laughs> you may talk about Gabriel Velarde. Um, so yeah, I mean, this game, it really was that for, you know, two periods and just about 15 minutes of the game, the Kings just blew it. Just, I was like, this is going to be a one nothing shutout and I'm going to turn off my TV and be be really irritated. Um, and so there was a a little bit of, a little bit of action and, you know, as as we've talked about on the King show and uh, a little bit with you as, as we've been dealing with all of these games that, you know, Gabe Velarde has struggled this season and, you know, it's a little bit of the kind of sophomore or like freshman and a half slump uh, because he, you know, he didn't really get a full season last year. Uh, But, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on him and he, he's someone that, uh, you know, is learning the game at his own pace and is kind of doing things his own way and, and whatever. Um, But he lately has had, has strung together a couple of really strong games where he's kind of done everything but score. I think he's had one goal uh, in, in this late in this series lately, but uh, in the third period, he just you know did one of those real slick like between the legs, no look behind him passes uh, over to Leas Anderson, who got the the Kings on the board. Uh, and Anderson basically had a completely empty net to shoot into because everyone was paying attention to Velarde, who who just it, it was a real sick pass, like it was great. Um, and it was also really good work from Trevor Moore behind the net to get the puck out out to Velarde. Uh, so it it was the kind of play that like I have been wanting to see from him. And it's plays like that, that every time someone talks about like, oh, we just need to give up on this kid and package him together and trade him for something like Jack Eichel or something um, that I'm like, we just need to pump the brakes and be a little patient because if he can harness whatever possessed him to make that play. And we've seen him do it other times this season too. Um, almost you know, very similar plays. Uh, Quentin Byfield also did pretty much the same play recently too. Um, that, that, yeah, he's yeah. going to be great. So uh, it was a, it was a really fun. It gave me hope for like just a hot minute <laughs> in that game, and I was like, well, at least the Kings got on the board, and it was a cool goal, right? But wait, there's more because guess what happened with under a minute left, Sarah? Uh, Andre Kopitar happened. Yeah, that was that was a breakdown of breakdowns. I mean, the Ducks defense completely left Andre fairly open leaving a little bit of of leeway net by John Gibson. Gibson did not deserve that loss. The defense in front of him just collapsed in the last five minutes of the game. After that last TV, or the last two TV timeouts, I don't know what happened. I really don't know. Because, first of all, to get Gabe Velarde that open, everyone was paying attention to Moore down, on, down below the net. That makes sense. Then Velarde was open for a split second. Then people started coming to him. Once they got to Velarde for whatever reason, Anderson was open. Kind of the same thing here because they were starting to pay attention to Elias Anderson at the end of the game, kind of in that weird scrum with under a minute left. 
Yeah, and like, yeah, this is it's one of those things. Like, how how do you as an opposing team just forget about Anshu Kopitar? Like, I, I know that he's don't you know. know. His his demise has been greatly over exaggerated or whatever. He is still like the best player on this team. Um, I don't know how you just forget about him. And it was, it, it was it, it the the goal was very like karmic justice for the previous game where Cam Fowler won it for the Ducks with about a minute left. And you know both games, I'm just sitting there being like, you know what? Just get to overtime. Just get to overtime. Just get a point fine. And then Cam Fowler ruined everything for the Kings in the previous game. So it felt very fair that uh, Kopitar did the same thing in this game. Yep. And that would be the final score, by the way. The Kings were victorious 2-1. to one. But hey, if you're wanting to get that top pick, well, that was good for the Ducks because they did not get a point that night. And guess what else happened? New Jersey won. Yay. All right. Uh, Sarah, we're going to head into the first intermission without talking about i don't know something fun. you know this is new let's talk about wealth front do you know what that is sarah can i tell you all about wealth front please tell me everything there is to know about wealth front well i can't tell you everything we only have a minute <laughs> but um you know about stocks you know stonks memes rocket mm-hmm, ships mm-hmm. all that like day trading could mm-hmm. be a lot of fun but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. So investing can be complicated, right? Super complicated. But lots of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. So the odds are typically not in your favor if you're going alone. So team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you, yes you Sarah, in minutes. I mean, that's fantastic. Right? No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They handle all your investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion, with a B, dollars of assets. And you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com forward slash locked on NHL. So all you need is 500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do all the work for you. Isn't that fantastic, Sarah? I'm already opening up the website as we speak. So to get your first 5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com forward slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on nhl to start growing your savings get started today hmm that looks like a really good uh, way to go actually <laughs> as, as someone that does watch the stock market this this is really cool and by the way we have to talk about one of our other favorite i guess advertisers but we'll talk more with sarah avampado on the other side Welcome back to Locked On SoCal Hockey presented by Built Bar. And this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need, whether you drive a Ferrari, a Toyota like I do. Sarah, what kind of car do you drive? I have a Nissan Juke. A Juke, that's right. The infamous Juke that you've talked about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I have a 
Prius. But hey, it saves money on gas, right? It does. I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get about 500 miles to a gallon. So it's like I can make an entire trip somewhere on one tank of gas. Huh. Fancy huh. that. Yeah, fancy that. I wonder what he's talking about. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, if you go to rockauto.com and click on their user-friendly website, you can find your car and find the parts that you need and have them shipped right to your door at half the price of the big box stores. Once again, that's rockauto.com. And in the how did you hear about his box, tell him Locked On Kings or Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. All right. So I'm here with Sarah Avampado, who has been the host of the Kings for the, oh, sorry, Locked On Kings for the past couple of years. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Everything's normal. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Our listeners are going, um, what What are they privy to that we're not? They probably should have joined us on Locker Room this past weekend. <laughs> Just, you know, spicing it up with a very long, very bad season for both of our teams. <laughs> if they wanted to spice it up, play for some paprika. Anyway, so just as a programming note on my end on Locked on Ducks, I'm going to have part of that interview from the Locker Room app on tomorrow's podcast. So tomorrow will be a nice little conversation from the Locker Room and also a little bit of review from Mighty Ducks Game Changers because this weekend, whoo boy, it was fun. It was fun. I will just say Ducks fly together now. All right, so Saturday night's game was all about one person. And can you take one guess who it was all about, Sarah? Trevor Zegers? No, uh, Ryan Miller. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was about Zegers, too. I mean, he was amazing. No, it was, it was all about Ryan Miller. Um, as mentioned on this very podcast, Ryan Miller calling it a career after 18 seasons in the National Hockey League with a stellar win total. He's got so many awards. He's got an Olympic silver medal. He's a Vesna winner. He's led Team USA to a silver medal. He won the Hobie Baker Award. I mean, he's got a plethora of awards in his direction. Uh, just any thoughts on Ryan Miller before we talk about the game? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I feel like it's – he he's one of those guys that – I mean, I, I don't want to – I mean, Henrik Lundqvist's career technically is not over yet, but I feel like Ryan Miller is sort of in that same boat of guys who have just accomplished so much and been iconic and just never was on the right team at the right time to to be able to to lift the Stanley Cup and I feel like you know it it's you always want to see that for those guys who have been who have been dominant and who are by all accounts good guys off the ice as well I know Ryan Miller is uh, someone who uh, I just was reading earlier that he actually talked to a pair of authors, uh, Jeshvina Shaw and uh, Evan Moore, who were writing a book about like hockey culture. And Ryan Miller actually talked with them about kind of his perspective uh, of being, you know, a white straight male NHL player and, you know, what he can do and what his responsibility is to do to like help change hockey culture and make it more diverse and whatever. Uh, so, you know, by, by all accounts, he is not only a great goalie, but a great person too. And, you just you just wish you would have been able to see him lift the Stanley Cup. You know, I, I'm not someone who is like, oh, well, that guy, like, I only want my team or oh, I only want my guys to ever lift the Stanley Cup. Like, no, you want to see good people 
who have worked so hard to, to lift the cup. And so it's, it's been a great career for him. And I know that he has been, you know, him and Jonathan quick have been together every step of the way in chasing records and, you know, breaking records as us born goaltenders. And I know they, they shared a nice moment in yeah. warmups as well, kind of yeah. chatting with each other. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. I guess maybe I'll talk for maybe just like a couple minutes about this game. Uh, because this was all Anaheim Ducks. They all knew that this was going to be Miller's night. It was Miller time one more time. I mean, look, the Ducks said it after the game, before the game. This is about him. We're going to come out firing, and we're going to take no holds barred. And they did that. Trevor Zegras with a really nifty goal right away won nothing. But the pass from Max Comtois. Max Comtois fell on his belly. <laughs> Somehow got the pass over to Trevor Zegras, who had a nice goal just above the shoulders of Cal Peterson. I mean, I felt bad for Cal on this game. He he was dead as a doornail on this game. You knew he had no chance going in. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. pass by Comtois, that was something else, I thought. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just... It, it's one of those games where you just burn it and forget it for the Kings. I mean, there are lessons to be learned, and I think that uh, Todd McClellan in his post games and stuff has kind of indicated like, listen, there are some guys here who aren't pulling their weight and the Kings are going to have some interesting decisions to make in the off season as they go into next year and everything. And, you know, we, we might be seeing people not coming back who we thought would be uh, just because of how they have not performed down this last stretch. And it, it was disappointing, but it was also a game that like, I would have just chalked up as a scheduled loss because yeah, the ducks were going to do everything in their power to get that win for Ryan Miller. And they, you know, there, there were a couple of nice moments for the Kings. Uh, Brendan Lemieux got his first goal oh, yeah. in a Kings uniform. Tobias Pierenfoot got his first NHL goal. Yeah, and it was Toby. a really, good for Toby. it was a really great goal from him. You know, um, you, you but, mentioned something that yeah. kind of piqued my um, antennae. So you said players <laughs> that were underperforming. Jacob Larson has been underperforming all season, yet had one of his best games as a duck. Somehow, Jacob Larson got three points. Are you kidding me? Larson's been like one of those guys that people have called out all season. I mean, you, you've you heard it too. If mm-hmm. you've heard it, mm-hmm. you know he's been doing bad. And he gets three points leading all players. Are you kidding me? What was that? Yeah, I feel like that was, especially for him, very much a game that was like, all right, I'll show you. I'll show you. And like you, know, he he answered the call, yeah. and he had a great night. Him, and uh, him you know. and you know Derek Grant. I mean, so yeah, Larson had like the nifty pass to Denton Heinen. Denton mm-hmm. Heinen scored, and then the elite one C from Heinen to Nick Delorier. What? This was all. This was an unexpected second, and the third was just like Max Jones goal from Denton Heinen again, and then Jacob Larson scored from Campbell. Like, what is going on? And then Comtois from Zegers. I mean, they were just pouring it on at the end. But there was that little moment uh, where Ryan Miller, he was kind of a badass, where Brendan Lemieux kind of like went towards it, and Ryan Miller just gave him a little shove, like, "No, nah, get out of my, get out of my crease, get the hell out." But I did love what Nick Deloria said. He just said, "Like, we want to get this one for him. That's for sure. There's no way we're going to lose this game." As soon as you heard Nick Deloria say that, you knew they were mm-hmm. going to win. So, I mean, it felt weird having this run support, as you've talked about in the past. (laughs) Maybe the one and only time that this will happen. Because Jacob Larson's fancy stats did not suck. But Trevor Zegers' stats, holy crap. His expected goals were high. His actual points, only two points. It could have been four or five points on this night. Zegers was everywhere. 
He was getting shots on goal. He was winning faceoffs again. Wait, you mean two games in a row Zegras is winning faceoffs? <gasps> what is this madness? I know, right? Right? Magic. Magic. Yeah, this isn't supposed to happen. But 13 of 25 in those last two games for 53, 54%. Yeah, he was magical on this game. So it was a 6-2 final score. And I do want to talk much more about what happened after the game. And I want to get your thoughts on that, especially from Brendan Lemieux and Ryan Miller. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So we'll talk for a brief moment about that. But first, Built Bar. They're your favorite protein bar. They're my favorite protein bar. What's your favorite flavor of Built Bar? You know, right now, lately, I have been super into uh, one that I know that you are also a fan of. And that's the Churro Puff. Woo! Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, so Built Bars, they have a ton of different flavors. They have a ton of different varieties. So the, the, the puff variety is a little more marshmallowier than some of the other Built Bars. And they have a churro flavor of one, which I still feel has been robbed. It did not win the championship when it probably should have. And just, you know, but whatever. The, the past is in the past. And I have a box full of churro puffs to eat. Uh, but if you're not into the churro flavor, um, first off, who hurt you? Uh, and then second, <laughs> you've got plenty of other choices in terms of flavors, uh, including things like cookies and cream or uh, lemon almond cheesecake or salted caramel or uh, you know what, what are some other flavors they've got oh all of them they got every flavor of the rainbow if you go to built bar that was terrible if you go to builtbar.com right now use promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your next order and once again that is built bar the best tasting protein bar in the land oh that that's fun <laughs> you know you know you know what else is fun sarah um ponies ponies you know we had a race this weekend we did we yeah. did yeah a lot best two minutes in sports or whatever well i mean sure the best two minutes in sports according to many and congrats by the way to bob baffert's horse winning once again medina spirit yeah the ponies were there for the run for the roses but guess what the horses will be back later on in a couple of weeks. Preakness Stakes, Belmont Stakes. You know where they could bet on those horses, Sarah? You know, I think that it is betonline.ag, right? You would be correct. It is betonline.ag. BetOnline is your trusted online sportsbook. And they have every sport, including horse racing. They have MLB, Major League Soccer, NBA, and some little sport called the NHL. I, I guess they're okay, right? Yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah. So they got every sport imaginable, and you can go to betonline.ag right now and use promo code Locked On to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Unlike many of those betting on the race and betting for bourbon horses. Two of them. There were two horses that had bourbon in the name. Uh, they didn't fare so well. So we have one more segment, and I want to talk about this, Sarah. So at the end of the game, the Kings obviously lost 6-2 to the Ducks. This was the one game the Ducks were going to win, and I will allow the Ducks this one win and then just lose the rest, tank for that second worst record because they're not catching Buffalo, but just lose the rest. It's fine. Whatever. Look... 
the Kings are not making the playoffs. The Ducks are not. The Ducks are already out. But what a nice moment afterwards where everybody went to Ryan Miller. You know who was the first Duck that was there? <laughs> Trevor Zegras. He was the first guy there. And then you had the rest of the Ducks like just hounding him, hugging him, giving congrats. And Sarah, who was the first king on that line, like that receiving line? Was it Kopitar? It was Kopitar. Yeah. I have to it's give usually. Andre Kopitar <laughs> a lot of credit for being like right behind the Ducks. But like he was hovering right around <laughs> Miller the entire time because I know Kopi wanted to give congratulations. And I don't know if um, this was caught on the TV cameras, but apparently like Kopi was kind of motioning to the players like, like, come on guys, like let, let's do this. And <laughs> the players just all were like, yeah, like let's, let's do this. Let's give them our kudos. This is reminiscent of something that happened seven years ago, almost to the day. Remember what happened seven years ago at that same building when another duck retired? Oh, was it when we said goodbye to uh, Tamu Solani? Tamu Solani yeah. was there. Um, I loved that Ducks fans and Kings fans everywhere, including the Kings watch party, by the way. They all chanted, thank you, Tamu. I know this because my because one of my buddies was at that Kings watch party. And yeah, they, they all chanted. All of them. The Ducks parties. They chanted, thank you, Tamu. So same thing here. Everybody's saying thank you to Ryan Miller. Kopi was the first guy. And the the guy like right there, right behind Kopi, Jonathan Quick. Mm-hmm. And then Dustin Brown. I mean, talk a little bit about just the camaraderie between those guys. You know, obviously there's a Team USA connection there with Miller, Brownie, um, yeah, Quickie. Yeah, it, it was, it, it's one of those like, I always hate when people go on like, Look how ho- how like classy hockey is like because I feel like people are usually using it to like tear down another sport. But like it's just such a like a nice classy moment between these two teams that are like deep bitter rivals. The Kings just got trounced by this other team, but they all stick around to to you know share a couple of moments with Ryan Miller. And yeah, it was those veteran players who have fought against him for years on Vancouver as well, where you know he you know another huge rival of the Kings, no matter how not great Vancouver had been at points in time. Um so he's a guy who Kings players and fans are very familiar with and seeing seeing the the real veteran core of the team uh, make sure to take time to to acknowledge him and the whole team just go through the line uh, and spend a couple seconds with him and uh, yeah there was a we mentioned him a little earlier uh, most of the younger players in the team just kind of did the like handshake head pat you know and then kind of kind of move off to the next guy but uh, Brendan Lemieux uh, <laughs> was really one of the only players outside of the uh, the core of the Kings to stop and have a little chat with Ryan Miller uh, before before they parted ways which uh, given the way the rest of the game went uh, <laughs> not surprising that he took a couple moments to to talk with him. I'm sure there was like a few words like, hey, man, like you pushed me down. Like, but, you know, it was probably all in good fun. Like, you know, one more nice little shove. All right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You could tell there was something a little bit funny there because you could see the look on their face like, OK, like, yeah, just kind of like mm-hmm. a playful nod there because yeah. that, those are the kind of guys they are. Um, I, I did love those moments from all the core guys. I mean, Quickie talked for a long time. And then there was like at the very end. 
maybe about a good 10 seconds with Cal Peterson. Mm -hmm. I imagine that Ryan Miller kind of had a few moments that like, you're next, buddy. Like, yeah. like this is your time coming up. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, yep. whatever he said to Cal, I'm sure he took it to heart. Yeah, another young American-born kid who I'm sure grew up, you know, I, I'm sure that Cal Peterson was like, I grew up watching Jonathan Crick Quick and, and Ryan Miller, and that's got to be weird for both of them. But <laughs> I, I just love the, like, the goalie brotherhood of, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or what team you play for, uh, you're always going to have have a couple of minutes to spend with another goalie. Yep. Uh, just to go over a couple of numbers, 391 career victories. That is most among American-born goalies all time. Uh, goals against were under three. His save percentage was above 910. Overall, he's got a pretty good body of work, which begs the obvious question that I'll just take like a minute on and then we'll head off. Is Ryan Miller a Hall of Famer, a fringe guy, or not at all? I think that he should be a hall of famer. I feel like the only thing that people always want to see Stanley cups and the fact that he doesn't have one, I'm sure is going to give someone pause, but you know, is he going to be a first ballot guy? I don't know, but I think that he, his body of work and the fact that he is now leading or almost at the top of every category for an American born goaltender, um, I think speaks for itself. Yeah. When you pass guys like Barrasso and Van Beesbrook and even quickies in that list too, but quickies got a ways to catch Ryan Miller. Mm -hmm. Um, I look at, yes, it's weird to like make the comparison game to other American goaltenders, but that is not to say that he didn't have a good career. He just was never on the right team. Maybe early in his career in Buffalo when they had those couple of deep runs and another one of those cases, what if the lockout didn't happen? What would have happened to the Sabres back in 04, 05? Yeah. I mean, there are fans that still say that Buffalo was a dominant team back then. Just was never in the right place. Then he goes to Vancouver. Vancouver had a couple of good teams there, but just never made it far in the playoffs, except for that one year where Vancouver burned. Um, the Ducks, after 2017, once Ryan Miller came to town, they just never had a good season. But just looking at his overall body, I think he is a fringe Hall of Famer. I think he will eventually get in also. So that's just my Ryan Miller thoughts. And... Congrats on a great career, Ryan Miller. We we both want to say congrats to you. A plus, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that, we are going to head off. But Sarah, thanks for coming on once again. This won't be the last time we do a crossover or talk. No, we are definitely going to. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I'm pretty sure we're probably going to make some playoff predictions, uh, given that both of our teams have a whole lot of nothing to do coming up after May, whatever. Um, so we'll 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 chat again. That's all we're going to put out there for now. But there will be some playoff predictions for two different leagues. Ooh. Uh oh. Uh oh. What what is he talking about? <laughs> You'll see next week. But Sarah, thanks once again for coming on. Gladly. And thank you for listening. A reminder, you could hear both of our podcasts, Locked on Kings and Locked on Ducks, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. And also make sure to check out um, some fancy show called Locked on Today, which might feature me, might feature Sarah. Who knows? But Locked on Today is one of our new podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, Sarah, I will let you plug Locked On NHL because uh, there's someone on Locked On NHL today, right? Um, uh, who's, who's hosting that? 
Oh, it's uh, oh, it's me. It's me. Yay! It's me. Yeah, yeah. So you can hear me on Mondays and Wednesdays on Locked On NHL, which are which is our national show. On Monday, I spend time talking to a couple of our other hosts from across the network. So uh, if you happen to be a fan of Cole Caulfield, the small goals boy from Montreal, uh, or if you want to know how dominant the Colorado Avalanche are, uh, or uh, today's other guest is the. We're going to learn about the Dallas Stars and how they are hanging in there in the playoff hunt. Uh, that is all on today's episode of Locked on NHL. Uh, on Wednesdays, I co-host with Tom Gazzola, and we talk about some things going on in the Western sort of side of the NHL. So uh, two of five days a week, you can also hear me talking about big league stories over on Locked on NHL. Is boy spelled B-O-I? It is now. <laughs> there you go. My podcast is Locked on Ducks, which you're hearing right now if you're Locked on Ducks. If you're on Locked on Kings, check out Locked on Ducks, too, once in a while. Just once in a while. Revel in our misery if you're a Kings fan. I'm sure you're loving that. I know you are. And you can hear both of our podcasts on the apps that I just mentioned. And my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Her Twitter is at RightSaidSarah. And her show is Locked on on LA Kings. So there you go, Sarah. Yay, Kings. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, no. No, you know what? I'll allow it because those those wins by the Kings helped the Ducks tank. Woo! You're welcome. Yay. Four games left for us, folks. For Locked On Ducks and Locked On Kings, this has been Locked On SoCal Hockey, reminding you to please wear a mask, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. And for the last time, congrats, Ryan Miller. Quack, quack. Quack.